Eels off the top. Larkham. Herbert smashes through the middle. Gregan. Drop goal from Larkham. Up it goes. Could you believe it? Larkham has to be a De Beer. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to uh, another week of the Green and Gold Rugby Show. We're the show that's getting you over the advantage line of the hottest topics of Australian rugby. And the hottest topic of Australian rugby this week is that amazing game in Wellington. We've all just caught our breath a little and we're keen to catch up and chat. Joining us to do that chatting is, as usual, Matt Rowley. How are you, Matt? Uh, I'm almost good, mate. I've almost managed to get the uh, arrhythmia uh, back under control after Sunday. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, we do this is we just need to decompress after this now too. And mm. Hugh Cavill joining us as well. How are you? I'm good. I think this is sort of like a group therapy, isn't it? That's what I'm, I'm sort of taking this podcast as just a sort of unwinding my thoughts over the next sort of forty five minutes or so. Yeah, so th- this is all what today's show is. We do have our five burning questions, but it all is pretty much about that game and I guess looking ahead. To, to the next game. So running through it quickly, I, I suggest we'll probably amble around through the whole game and, and different aspects of it. But how do we feel about that game? Second, what's the one thing that caught our eye about the, the way the Wallabies played? Who's your Wallaby man of the match? Do we change anything for next week? If so, what? And what does it do for the rest of the rugby championship? And there's a possibly bigger questions there. But let's get straight into it. And I guess, Hugh, I'll come to you. That game, talk us through, I guess, how do you feel about the game, but going into it, how did you watch it? And then that sort of feeling, I guess, throughout and, and, and afterwards. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I, so I actually watched the first half. Um, I watched the first half almost live and then I had to go and watch my, my team, my soccer team um, play in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in our last game of the season. Um, so I sort of had to pause it more or less and come back not hearing the score. And, and so I went away at 8-3 thinking, oh, well, look, that's a, that's a nice enough start, but, you know, we're not going to win the game. Um, but, you know, we seem to be fronting up pretty well. Um, and then to have that come home and, and sort of have, have, have blocked out everything uh, and, and I managed to watch that second half, you know, and it's just, you just sort of, by the end, you, you felt like you'd gone 13 rounds in a professional boxing fight. You sort of, it, it was just so exhausting those last eight minutes and you just did not, you know, couldn't really believe how, how it finished. And, and in terms of how I feel, it's funny because I think um, watching that Reese Hodge kick, I, I, I didn't even allow myself to think it might go over. And then when it hit the post and we had the ball, I, I still didn't really think that we could maybe do it. And then, of course, the All Blacks go the other way. And I thought, oh, here, here we go. We've just seen this before. And so when the, when the ball got kicked out in the end, I thought, you know what? I, I, think, I think I'll take that draw. I don't feel horrible. It doesn't feel like a loss. I think had we had a, a, a couple of roll goal chances in that last, you know, last five minutes, you know, trial lines open, you know, pass dropped or, you know, those sort of almost their moments, then I think I'd be really quite devastated. I mean, we had a kick come off the goalpost, but honestly, had that kick gone through, that would have been one of the greatest kicks of all time. So I don't think you can feel like that was a regulation kick or one that we should have even expected to go over. So I think in the end, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it all. As much as you can be with a draw, it, it's good for us in the context of winning back the Bledisloe. Um, it's a much better result for us than it is for them. And, um, yeah, just to see us play like that in the first game of the season, 
I don't think I was expecting a huge amount and, and to come out and do that. I think in the end, I, I'm left with a, a feeling of, of not satisfaction, but, but some level of, of contentment um, um, with, with how they played and, and, um, and how the game sort of ended. Yeah, it's an odd feeling, that feeling yeah. of contentment after a Wallaby game. Um, yes. I'd like to get into that and just sort of get a feel of, of where it changed. But Matt, mm. I, I want to get this formalities over of, of the sort of same question to you, that, that whole journey of the match for you personally. Yeah, look, I, I completely understand where Hugh's coming from, considering we were going into the game. I think the tweet I sent out was Gerd's loins. Because I think we were all expecting, let's be honest, you know, to get smashed. <laughs> um, young, untested team, debutants everywhere, um, you know, big chunks out of the forward pack up against, you know, what's a pretty, you know, pretty decent experience um, All Blacks side. And we'd all been watching this, you know, super rugby over there versus, you know, our staff. And I think everyone was like, oh, what's going to happen here? So I totally get that. But by the end of it, I couldn't help but just be disappointed that we didn't win because, mm. you know, by the end, and the, I say it's by the end because, well, what was the biggest gap when we were down? Was it at, at one stage? Was it, were we down 13, 13, 13 three. three? Yeah, straight after Aaron Smith scored in the second half. Yeah. The second half. And that's where you kind of felt like, oh, this is where it stretches away. Yep, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I've seen this, seen this game before. And what was amazing was to see the Wallabies absolutely hung in there. And yeah. if anything, they started to put the screws down. We'll come on to how in, in a second, I guess. And then by the end, you just kind of felt like, oh, that kick really should have gone over. That really should have been our game, I felt. And um, also with, you know, there's always rubs of greens in any match. And I felt that um, the all I think the All Blacks walked away. They had that look on their face like they realised they got it mm. in that match. I'm not necessarily pointing fingers at refs. I'm just, mm. you know foot on the line, whatever else, uh, you know, they definitely um, got the better of the penalty count. And so, yeah, you walked away going, geez, actually, I think we should have won that. And mm. I, I think the Kiwis are saying that too. Um, mm. but, but you say the kick should have gone over. The kick shouldn't have gone over. The kick shouldn't have been close. It was 60 metres out in swirling Wellington wind in the driving rain, you know, on a wet ground, like... It shows you what we think of Reese Hodges' kicking ability. We actually thought he was even a chance when he stepped up. If there was anyone else in the world, you'd he go... He had distance to spare. He, yeah, he was going to go another 20 metres. Yeah. That's, what, that's what hit the game. It's not as if it just nicked the bar and sort of dribbled into the in goal area. It smashed the bar. You know, that did our favour. No one was expecting the ball to come back that, back, that much. And yeah. God, the, the preemption of that of that moment where Reese, I love it. He got up there and said, oh, I want to take the kick. I, I, that gave me chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, the moment, the moment we got advantage where we were, I thought, oh, Reese Hodge can kick this. He'll kick it. Because yeah, yeah. we knew, you know, the wind was there and, and you know, you give yourself a chance. But, uh, geez, that, you couldn't, you couldn't have imagined how that all unfolded yeah. from there. Reg, what about you? How'd you feel? Yeah, yeah, mate. Look, I, I probably wasn't as as down on the team. I never thought we'd win. You know, I always have those hopes, and I, I definitely didn't think. Um, oh, look, I, I wasn't as enraptured in that All Black team when it was named as as some people were. I, I didn't think on paper it was as as good as teams we've seen. Um, you know, Sam Kane's a wonderful uh, soldier, and and all that sort of stuff, but. Um, yeah, he's, he's a step below Kieran Reid and Richie McCaw as leaders and a bit of stuffing around in the back line and they lost a few players. So it was there for the taking. But 
in those conditions and you know with the rookies we had with Taniella what probably starting his first game at tight end at least versus the All Blacks Salakai Loto Loto's never played lock in a test match before um, you know key positions as rookies Tom Banks all that sort of stuff geez we're up against it and and it was that period either side of half time when we tried to do that move at the back of the line out where you know, Falau did that ropey inside ball that they ran away with and uh, should have scored down the other end but didn't and then pulled off the exact same move in the second half and, and of course, scored. I was like, oh, well, that's it. It, it ends now. You know, that, this is mm. when they roll away with it. And the fact that we got back from there, it, it blows my mind. It's, it's just so unwallaby-like from what we got used to. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, it was a very strange feeling. Yeah. So look, many elements. So how do we feel about it? I'll, I'll, I'll pumped. I mean, and, and, and maybe it was more just that finished because it was just so helter skelter. Um, but I think it was just the realization that we were in it and that the All Blacks, I think were panicking, maybe that's stronger word, but they were definitely, I think as, as you guys were alluding to, I think they thought they were close to losing it. Um, and yeah, that was just, it was inspiring. Well, on that line, don't you, f- I felt, as I watched throughout the game, and even when I had the same feeling you did, as like, oh, I think this is when it, you know, we know this script. Even then, though, when you looked across the faces, you didn't get no. this feeling of people panicking or heads mm. dropping. Mm. They just looked like, yeah, we got this. We know what we need to do. Um, and we're going to kind of, you know, and we're going to keep doing it. And I think that really shone through. And I mm. think that's what really helped them to get back into that game and I think I would imagine you can read it even more on the park right like we can see it on TV the opposition can see you know do we feel we've got these guys or not Mm. and it obviously felt that you know no they they never did they were never fully over them and that's how we managed to keep it that close and work our way back and that that was I really took that away from it I really you know the result can maybe not go our way next week but as long as you feel that you see that in their eyes again and it's, yeah. and it's close and they've kept it close and they've fought and they, cause it, you know, the thing was it, that was one of the things that marked the checker era, wasn't it? Like we started to see these massive swings in games yeah. and you know, where, you know, a, a game would either go one way or completely swing back the other. And we'd suddenly ship 30, 40 points. Mm. And the felt the fact that it was a hard fought by the fingernails Every tackle, everything, mm. every meter was, you know, absolutely ground out through sheer will. That was that was beautiful to see. I felt mm. it was none yeah. of this. Oh, oh, fuck it, this is blown. Throw the tantrum, you know. Um, ship a few, ship a few more tries. Try and do something dumb. It was everybody stayed in in it to the very end. I felt. Yeah, and it had all the, you know, the the. The, the catch cries of those sorts of losses where, you know, we're on the attack, we maintain possession, we can't keep the ball, you know, we're not getting close. Then all of a sudden, as soon as they get the ball, they're in for their first try. And it's, it's a massive overlap, three tries. Then, you know, we get penalties, the Falau stuff's up that throw, and then, and then Aaron Smith is in for another cracker sort of thing. So just add those little moments that in any other game of the last few years, we would have dropped our button. Well, that, that try on, that, I think that Rico Ioani drop yeah. ball was a real turning point. Absolutely. I think because that minute before halftime, I, I, you know, I turned to my wife and said, look, I've seen this game before and this is where they kill us. Yeah. You know, they, they had a line on about halfway from which we won a penalty and kicked it in. And that, that was when Falau then, then dropped that ball. Yeah. 
And I thought, oh, well, there you go. And all of a sudden, 8-3 becomes 15-3. And that's a very different game. So the people in the end that were saying, oh, well, you know, the Wallabies should have won that game. Um, the Wallabies were the better team. I go, well, I don't think that's true. I mean, I, I don't think we were the clear better side that deserved the win on the scoreboard. Because Rico Iwani puts that ball down yeah. like he would 99 times out of 100. And that's 15-3. And that's a really different game coming out after halftime. Um, and that's a much tougher game for us to win. So, you know, that, that, that was a real moment where you go, hang on, the, the All Blacks team of the past don't make those mistakes. Mm. And there was a few moments through the game. And in the end, that was the, that last play of the game where they had options, they had men out wide, they had someone in the pocket. They could have probably just picked and dro- drove in over the mm. line for a try. That all Black, the All Black team of the past would have won that game. They mm. would have found a way to get points there. Um, and they didn't. And that, that, that was, you know, they got closer than either team in that, those last minutes to scoring and they should have scored in there. If that ball goes from the, from the base of the ruck effectively, that's probably a try. Mm. Um, but it didn't. So there you go. Yeah, I think we should jump on question two, which is just about the, the, the thing that caught your eye about that performance because there are certain elements I know that impressed me and let's talk more game plan broadly rather than players. We'll get to that in a second. Well, I was, I was disgusted, Reg. What were you disgusted at? Yeah. Because the way that we played wasn't the Australian way. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I was incensed I, I, when, you know, we, we, we caught the kickoff and Nick White put up a, a, you know, a kick. Sure, lovely kick. It, won, it might have won us back possession, but that's not what we do. We run the ball. And it was wet, windy Wellington. Everyone uh, the wants wind that, was swirling. I, I was booing the TV every time we put boot to ball. Um, because that's just not the way we do things. And, and, and so that was what caught my eye, the fact that it was such an un-Australian performance, that yeah. we insisted on playing what was a smart tactical kicking game with Tom Banks at the back, Matt Tamua, um, you know, Hunter Paisami put in a nice grubber, Nick White's box kicks were sensational, but that's just not the way we do things in our country. Yeah. That's part of my point is, is what caught your eye, but what changed? And, and let's talk, we're getting super excited and, and there's a lot of sort of, uh, content online about it. it's just a draw guys just a draw but it was the way it was a draw you know <laughs> if I can say that so what caught your eye and maybe what's what was different what you know what are those elements that sort of you alluded to that we haven't seen for a while Matt, well, I, well, I could, well I could equally be like <laughs> I could be just as sarcastic as Hugh there but serious at the same time which was the lack of um, same way predictable mm. one out uh, you know exactly where the ball's going to hit up um, running. Now, don't get me wrong; it wasn't like it was perfect. Um, mm. We had problem with you know ball retention and ball protection, um, which no doubt um, will be a big work on during the week. But you know, it was just the way that um, you know Nick White. Um, and I know we don't want to get into, but you know, I'll, let me not yeah. mention his name then. But from halfback. Um, our playmakers. Yeah. You know, um, constantly challenging and, and mm. testing and, and needling. And I, you know, and, you know, switching up, um, you know, which side of the rock they're going to go to. Um, just a whole bunch of different things. And I even feel that there's probably more variation that we've got in there with yeah. uh, uh, Marika Corabetti, for example, doing his pick and drives. And I think there's probably even some more of that sort of stuff that we'll probably see start to get worked in. But, you know, there's been loads of great analysis talking about how, the All Blacks are really uncomfortable around the fridges. And I think they mm. we came through and really, really exploited that. And it was great. It was just great to see, whereas versus that kind of 
where we got to with checkerball, which was just that mindless, I'm going to plow it to the middle of the field. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to do it again. And it, yeah, that, that for me was probably the, the biggest change up. And I guess it's the thing that people have been talking about. Rennies are real. Players need to think on their feet rather than just playing, um, you know, structures. So uh, the thing that stood out for me, and I, I think it, I'll be interested in your thoughts as to how this links into what you and Hugh have just said. We played an extra eight minutes or nine minutes of extra time against the All Blacks and, and, and took it to them. Mm. So one of the most glaring things we've talked about for the last five years is our fitness, mm. particularly first game of the season. Checker always used to say they're not fit enough when they're coming to me. There's no way we could have played a 90-minute test match against the All Blacks and held them. Um, in previous years. So the question is, are we fitter? You know, is it this centralised strength and conditioning program working? Or is our game plan just more sensible that we're not running ourselves ragged, that we can pick our moments and, and, and utilise our, our players better to make the most of their, of their performance in the game? Because I, I couldn't believe the way... And in fact, you know, you've got players who... You talk about a negative slip, slip, uh, uh, split hooper increased his workload <laughs> towards the tail end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just a freak. But it was just, it was noticeable how much we ramped it up in that last quarter, mm-hmm. which, yeah. which I haven't seen for a long time. Yeah. Well, it's one of the things that, um, um, oh, was it um, Paul Scully um, in the SMH has been talking about yep. a lot because obviously he's a, he's a, 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 like um, a big uh, New Zealand uh, fan and I think the Chiefs because Rennie coached the Chiefs so I got that right at one stage yeah 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 and so um, I think he's got a big insight into him then and he's saying you know like you know fitness is an absolute thing so yes that is a hallmark of any of the sides that he's coached and apparently he made big strides in that but I think that's a really good observation though Reg is is playing a little bit smarter playing a bit more territory um, you know not necessarily playing such a structure that needs quite so much um, running in the same way. I don't, yeah, good question, but I completely agree with you. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. I was, we did not look any more knackered than the All Blacks, by the yeah. way, that match. Yeah. Yeah. So, so however they, however he managed to construct it. Um, yeah. It definitely looked like that by the end, didn't it? And, and look, there may be, there'll be evidence out there. Someone will pick us up straight away, but when was the last time we came home? and scored the last two tries in a test match that weren't consolation tries against mm. the All Blacks. You know, the, the, yeah. to, to be down and, and to bring that clear, and again, someone will pick it up pretty quickly, I'm sure, but I, I can't remember off the top of my head to have that ability to to score the last two tries of a test match um, versus the All Blacks to, to bring it that close. So, yeah, mm. no, it's pretty damn special. Um, look, uh, we, we're going to get in the next one. Let's talk some individual players, but I think it is worth noting that... Um, when we were organising this podcast, um, uh, Matt and I are obviously extremely busy men. Um, it's hard to find a, a free schedule in our calendar. And uh, normally we record this at nine o'clock, obviously up in Queensland, which uh, means it's eight o'clock here, nine o'clock in, in New South Wales. I'm very thankful to my southern mates to, uh, to be happily record late. Hugh was insistent that we bring it forward to suit his schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, we all know what a busy man Matt is, and, and I've got a large family and a newly acquired dog, so I've got my commitments <coughs> as well. But, you know, this is for Hugh's sake, we decided to bring it forward. And, and what's happened? 
we've started recording. You may not have heard much of Hugh contribute for the last 15 minutes. It's because he's, he's run away. And, and all, every now and again, just on his video screen, we see him run back and forth. I don't know what's going on, whether there's a fire drill or something in his house, but uh, Cavill's left the show for a little while. So it's maybe uh, he's making dinner. I don't know. Yes, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Anyway, anyway but we're glad we've accommodated Hugh's request to change the schedule for his contribution. Um, well, but players of the match, man of the match, but yeah, yeah, give it a chance to any other performances, you know, some yeah. standout performances from your perspective, Matt. I think I know who your man of the match. You called it on social media after the game. I did indeed. Yeah, I think um, my son and I sat there watching just going, how good is Dalgunu's game? Yeah. Like he had an absolute cracker. Yeah. Um, and from the get-go, you know, yeah. it was the whole time that he was on that field, um, he was making impact. Uh, I think he had was it the most number of run meters that anyone's made against that Wallabies made against the All Blacks since Digby Ione? In, yeah, that's right. I saw yeah, that. Yeah, in, yeah. In, Nuts. You know, some long, long time ago in what was a very tight test match and became a very wet test match. So, you know, that's those meters are even harder to make. He was making, you know, big defensive reads. He was um, taking high balls um, in a windy, yeah. you know, in a windy, wet uh, field. Um, just everything about him, like, you know, he would have been one of those people who, as he came on the pitch, you go, oh, here we go, debutante. Um, I think in one of our last podcasts, we were talking about, oh, how would you have him and Marika Corbetti on, um, you know, on at the same time? Because they're, mm. you know, neither of them are that kind of solid winger. Um, they're both, you know, Marika's obviously the power winger and uh, Dalgunu is more of the kind of that flair pace mm. winger, but he just, he looked every inch the test match winger in his very first test. I thought he was in his combination with Wilson on the wing yeah. Um, yeah. and the outside channel was superb. Um, yeah. I just, uh, yeah, for me, he was an out and out um, man of the match for both sides. Actually, yeah. I thought he was, I thought he was best on park. Yeah, look, you know, I've I've been talking to Gunu's game for a while since NRC days, when he sort of came through. It must have been two thousand and fifteen, maybe two thousand and sixteen, and he tore it up there. But he is one of those heart and mouth players. Um, but he was just so composed on the weekend in in in, in the type of conditions that he shouldn't be. <laughs> you yeah. know, like you say, debut versus the All Blacks, uh, wet and windy. Um, but he was he was fantastic, and, and like you know. High balls, catching high balls, most high pressure situation. Um, but uh, he, yeah, he, he was fantastic, and I was I was I was pumped to get him um, to see him um, sort of to rise to the occasion and 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 be um, be so dangerous. Uh, you know, sort of jumping ahead, just the the three debutants I thought were fantastic. You know, Hunter Pasami maybe a little bit, but he just did everything he needed to. You know, rock solid in attack, made meters. Um, and, uh, and, but uh, yeah, a couple of massive hits, one in particular, and then Harry Wilson for a, well, I don't know, 55, 60 minute, um, shift w was awesome as well. And, uh, um, what are the analysts? I, I can't remember who, whether Murray Kinsella did, just showed a nice little clip of him in the lead up, maybe early to Corabiti's try where he just had three back to back, really impactful, um, impacts, you know, uh, influences on a game, mm. you know, maybe took a hit up massive clear out and then ran the dummy line for a, a sort of play to be made outside him. I just thought those three as rookies were, was it were exceptional. Did Queensland proud, Rich, they did. Yeah, they did. And you know, 
he was born in New South Wales, so I'll, you know, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, thank go. you for that. And, and Daguna was born in Fiji, and Hunter Paisama was born in Melbourne, but you know, Queensland <laughs> now, so it's all right. Um, so replacing Hugh, much like uh, the impact that Reece Hodge made from the bench, we've got to call in Nick from the booth to join us. Nick, you've enjoyed the game. Let's jump straight into this question. What about individuals from your perspective that, that stood out? Who caught your eye? Yeah, good evening, everyone. Um, I must admit, the one that I think we're all kind of, we're, we're talking about all the debutants, and I loved the debutants. I thought Wilson had an amazing game. He looked right at home. By, uh, Paisami also surprised me. I was really impressed with James O'Connor mm. at 10. I was really impressed because particularly with, you know, the actual uh, versatility he brought to the back line was so was actually really enjoyable to watch. It looked a lot more aggressive. And I know that during a whole bunch of dropped kickoff podcasts, we had a whole bunch of discussions around who we thought would be the Wallaby 10. Um, and because there was a lot of, you know, people thought yeah, we should no try a young gun, we should try an Alessio, we should go with Tamua. Um, I know that uh, Will Harrison was thrown around a bit. Um, and of course, of course, O'Connor. And so when O'Connor was announced, I was still, there was a lot of a lack of surety around. Yes, but is he good enough? Um, is he good enough to actually control that role? And I think he proved himself really, really well as a fantastic commander of of the back line, which we haven't actually seen for a while. I mean, he was putting guys in space. He, The actual uh, tr- the try that he set up uh, Corabetti for, I think, for, was it was an outstanding bit of play from him. Um, and also particularly when there was a period of time when the Wallabies looked like they were struggling at line-out time, um, the the back line itself still looked really composed and still kept us in the game. And I think that uh, I am was really impressed with, with O'Connor and I know we've already talked about him a lot in the forward pack. Um, Michael Hooper. Um, we, we always talk about how much of a freak he is and how much work he does. He did, but touching on your point that his workload increased, it, it looks like something has, something is, whatever is, whatever is going on in the camp right now, uh, clearly, Hooper really kind of stepped up a lot more in a way that even surprised me. Um, and I th- I'm really excited to see what happens next in, in terms of that, because he's, we already think he's a freak and this game showed to me that he might be capable of even more, which is really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's well worth a mention. The other ones we, we need to, talk about Matt and you sort of held back before as Nick White and I guess he goes yeah. hand in hand with O'Connor um, but we saw White play such a huge role in that massive um, Perth win last year he was really instrumental and it was a smart sniping game uh, in that uh, that was there again in spades this time like you say Matt there was plenty of space around those edges um, I thought it was as good as it's ever been. Like, you know, yeah. I thought he, he was electric and his, his agility, considering, I mean, it's not that old, but you know what I mean? Like, he's, yeah. as, as an, I guess he's an older player than he was. Um, been around a long. Yeah, I thought he was, was as good as he's ever been, if not better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, you know, we'll put aside the, the ability to miss Aaron Smith twice in five minutes for that, that try, <laughs> but um, that was a hard effort. But, um, uh, yeah, he was epic. He was fantastic. So it, his his position, his territory game with his kicks were crucial. I think he kicked, we kicked 19 times and he must have kicked eight of those. Um, he was really sort of bore the brunt of the, the kicking workload. But they were on the whole perfect. You know, they, they were the great 
timed kicks in, in terms of when he did them and, and position kicks as well. So uh, um, Nick White that is is one that has really surprised me this last 12 months. I sort of never saw it in him. So um, he's, a, he's a key part of this game. Uh, look, the... the I don't want to go on and on. I, I, I guess um, I know uh, Hugh wanted to pick um, uh, Nick White and, and you were picking Filippo. So I was trying to come up with someone else uh, and I, I wasn't entirely clear who that would be. But I thought the impact of Taniela Tupo early on mm. was significant. Oh, yeah. I think, um, you know, he played 15 minutes. It's probably the, the shortest game he's played for a while, but it was at starting tight head versus the All Blacks. But his impact and attack... Um, both just hit-ups. And we know that little shimmy he's got and his size and strength makes him really hard to stop, gives us great momentum. But then his ball work, you know, we're using him as a uh, as a sort of playmaker out wide too. And the, he, it was his floating pass in those conditions out to Harry Wilson, to Daguna, who set Filippo off for that first run, which gave a bit of momentum to the Aussies. So. Yeah, he's, a, he's incredibly talented, isn't he? But that was clearly like an instruction was, mate, you're going to get 50 minutes. Yeah. We know yeah. you could play 80 because he's been doing it, you know. Yeah. Um, so just don't leave anything in the tank. And he didn't. Like, you know, a couple of those spot tackles. Yep. I mean, and that's, yeah, I'm assuming this is the impact of sort of Tatsy Taylor um, yeah. coming back is just the defence was so much smarter than it has yeah, been smarter. for a long, long time. It was, you know, yes, people coming off the line, but not leaving massive ex- yeah. you know, gaps and exposures like, you know, it just... And a simple, much, much a simpler system, you know, that wasn't overcomplicated yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. It's quite suppressive, if anything. I mean, we talk about that kind of going off that. We had the, not only just in, in the actual line as well, but throughout the forward pack as well later in the game, um, that, that moment where Hooper found himself in space off the back of just fantastic pressuring defence. Neutral defence, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and kind of broken defence. Like, just it, that, that pressure is such an important factor there. Yeah. Look, player of a match, I thought across the board, it wasn't, you know, no one let us down. I mean, there, there might be question marks about Falau Finger. He's probably the one that probably had the, the weakest game, I've thought. Um, but, yeah, they all play. I thought Slipper was amazing, you know, at loose head. He put in a massive shit. The two locks, Selakai Loto and Matt Phillip. Phillip was, you know, provided a real... Um, impetus for us. He made some good meters for us. A lot of post contact. You know, Pete Samu, Matty Tamur, big things. We talked about the rookies, Karabetti, and then Banks. You know, I think that's probably his the most assured Wallaby performance too. Again, in varying trying conditions. So it was great to see. And and just one little final shout out to to Jordan Ulesi. Came on for the final twenty minutes and and uh, picked up did ten tackles, which I think was third highest in the game. Um, from a Wallaby perspective, but just a huge impact, which you're looking for. So sensational. So, you know, we, we've talked about that. It was it was a great performance, but particularly for a first game of the season. We've always said, you know, there's no lead-up match versus Scotland or even, a you know, second-string Ireland team straight out of the All Blacks. I guess they had the same, but, you know, it's, it's a tough gig. So it was really impressive. But, you know, they've got to back it up next week and they, they've got the... Uh, Perhaps on a, a tougher task, in fact, that they have to play Eden Park uh, in Auckland, um, which I think we haven't won since 86. Um, but regardless of that, looking ahead at that next test, Matt, do you make changes? There anything um, either, either person, personal-wise or you think we need to, to work on? Well, yeah. I mean, looking at the numbers, actually, it, it doesn't say that it was as bad as I had it in my head, but the line-out. 
was, yeah. you know, yeah. especially in that first yeah. half was just yeah. like, oh my God. Whereas when I looked at the stats, I think it said that we lost as many lineouts as they did. Yep. Like we I, picked up two in the second half, which even the numbers, yeah. Yeah, but I just, it, it just, however it worked out, it was in such a disruptive situation yeah. for us. Um, I felt it was like, you know, it was in both, I think in almost, in both those situations, we were trying to build attacking pressure and, you know, completely kind of destroyed um, destroyed that. So, yeah, and, 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 and then there was just lots of wobbly shit going on um, where, yeah, we maybe we got the ball back, but it didn't go where mm. it was supposed to go yeah. and it was bouncing around the place. Um, not completely, you know, look, I'm not a line-out doctor, so it's always easy to put it on the hooker um, and that could well be right, but then there are other things involved, timing of lifting, all those sorts of things. I'm also a little bit suspicious. I mean, Philip had a fantastic day in running, I would say, but I've still got that question mark of he's, you know, he's not a international sized lock. So, mm. you know, mm. you wonder whether that's got anything to do with it or not. Mm. I don't know. Um, and then the bit that got me nervous is, you know, when you're bringing Rob Simmons on as your, as your closer in a match like that, that had my heart in my mouth. And, and he, did, he did what Rob Simmons does, gave away that crucial penalty. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, so there's something going on there, you know, through the locks. And I realised we you know, we're missing a couple of yeah. great choices that you'd want to have. I mean, yeah, get, my son said to me on the couch, he's like, oh, when was the last time we had a good line-out? I said, actually, not that long ago. Mm. Um, we've just, we've mm. lost a couple of, you know, international locks. Um, mm. And it makes a massive, massive difference. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's probably mainly around there. I've got my, my question marks. And then I guess the only other one is, and I, and I think Rennie, it's a big part of his game, is obviously around the breakdown. Um, one way yeah. or another, we gave away... Twice yeah. as many penalties. That was glaring, did. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as much as you want to point the finger at the, I mean, there was stuff he wasn't picking up on their side, I think. But you've got a New Zealand ref in New Zealand. What do you expect? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so there's, and most of our stuff on attack as well. So I would have thought, you know, if you fix up those two areas, um, and that's going to really help build pressure. Um, and mm. probably probably would have made the difference in that match in the end if we. Mm got those right. So I would have thought they'd be big areas for improvement. Yeah. The one thing that gives me heart with the line out, and I'll talk about Matt Phillip here as well, is that at least we've got a line out coach there over there. You know, mm. Jeff Parling's over there, the, the former English British lines lock forwards over there has been coaching the rebels. Matt Phillip is interesting. I, I is curious. We know Isaac Rodder and Rob Simmons is sort of, um, love of the line out and the studious nature. Apparently Phillips like that is a big line out nerd. Um, I read an article a few days before the game. So it's in him and maybe, you know, that cause that parling Melbourne rebels connection, they can work it out. gives me a bit of hope. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd be, uh, I'd be thinking about putting uh, Jordan Ulessi in there who ran a pretty tidy Melbourne rebels line out this year with Parling as coach and Matt Phillip as line-out caller. So maybe there might be some combinations that can work out there. Uh, I think you're bang on right. Line-out's key, that breakdown, something was happening there. We gave away too much early on. Um, and then personally, personally, mm. player-wise, uh, Jordan <laughs> Pattaya, if he's fit, he comes straight back in. Oh, uh, yeah, love, yeah. love Hunter Pasami to death. But oh, yeah, Pasami but, but Pasami had a great game, though. He did. But, mate, that's the Wallabies. That's yeah. depth. You're, you're allowed to have depth. You know, and Pattaya is a freak. And, yeah, he's a freak, yeah. And, you know, great. Bring Pasami off, uh, bring Pasami off the bench, but Pattaya's a freak. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with, with you about Pattaya. It's, um, 
it'll be it'll be a bit tough to throw because I know that because Bataille, how long has Bataille been injured for? Has he had any game time since getting injured? Um, well, he hasn't had any game time since getting injured. Well, I mean, I mean, he, I mean, did he did he did he, did he yes, appear? No, remember, he, he injured in the Super Rugby final. Oh yes, he, he that's killed right. it in the first half, got injured setting up that try, and didn't come back out again. Yeah, um, so my, yeah. It was soft tissue, wasn't it, or something, which probably means. Uh, it yeah, it wasn't as bad as what it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like my only query around that would be if I mean if you're going to bring a player back as great as Pataya is, put bringing him back straight into the cauldron of Eden Park might be a might be a, th- a bit throwing it into the throwing it straight out of the frying pan into the fire. But I mean Pataya's a freak, as you mentioned, so he's probably got it in him to to still put in a great performance. For me, it's just cobwebs. Like mm. I mean, for a first proper hit out, yeah. Um, I've got very little to complain about. It's just a matter of, I mean, all of these things that we were talking about here, these are very, very fixable problems. And I honestly expected plenty of cobwebs to come out in this match and was pre- pleasantly surprised that so many things were working as well as they were. Um, and I anticipate that, you know, they'll, that Rennie and, and the coaching team will be working very heavily on improving those things. These are just small things that could have made the difference. But at the same time, uh, the All Blacks will be, are in exactly the same position. I mean, they've got the new yeah. coach, they've got the new setup too. So it's just a matter of how do they respond? How do both teams respond? I think is on the day is what is what's going to be determined is going to, what's going to be determining the game. Yeah, as we say, it's critical. This that was great, a very impressive performance. But it's how we bounce back and, and go into Auckland that'll really give Wallaby fans an indication of the reality of it all. Um, I feel some conf- I have some confidence just the way they played. It wasn't hit and miss. So we'll see what happens. Rich, question for you. Um, yeah. uh, it was something that people mentioned about, especially some of the debutants. I think maybe Wilson going in about how, you know, there was that theory that, you know, he doesn't have any fear of the All Blacks because, well, A, he hasn't played, you know, the, the, the adult All Blacks and he's used to beating the, the junior ones. Um, do you think this is, we're starting to see more and more of this sort of trickle through? There's a few people across that park I'm thinking have maybe, you know, not quite his youth, but actually we've had a pretty good, um, you know, some some junior success there for a few years now. Is that, do you think that's trickling through? Yeah, I was going to mention that. And Matt, I actually remember us talking about this after that uh, win against the All Blacks at Suncourt when we wore the Indigenous jersey. And it might have been... Uh, 2016, it would have been. I think it was that far ago. 20, 2619, um, I think it was the end score. Yeah, Jack Dempsey was, yeah. was man of the match. He had a cracker, and it was one of Luca and Salakai Loto's first games. And there was just some of those young guys. And we talked about th- this same thing. These are young guys. They hadn't necessarily had the success, but they hadn't suffered at the hands of the mm-hmm. All Blacks, and mm-hmm. they come in. But I think you're right. I mean, you know, last year the Aussie schoolboys and the under 20s or the junior Wallabies beat the All Blacks, and 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 to watch Harry Wilson in that game um, was a man was a we're just watching a man. And I'm talking about the 20s game last year mm. was with complete confidence and you know just almost a bravado, you know, not cockiness, but you know confidence in his team and his ability. And I think that we saw a bit of that. He just he just looks so accomplished. And I read an interview with his one of his school coaches, and he's one of those players that raises to the level. And I I remember. Um, Matt, you'll remember this, Nick, you won't. But back in the, the 
mid-80s, the cricket team, when we lost all the guys, the Rebels and Lily and Marsh, and they had to rebuild that team. And they started to focus just on attitude as much as anything, not necessarily skill. And you'd, you'd bring in the Merv Hughes and the Jeff Marshes, not the most skillful players, but just gutsy players. And maybe that's a bit of it. Maybe there's that mindset. We're picking in players with the right mindset. And, you know, maybe that's something that Nick White has at this stage. And But Harry Wilson definitely has. But I, I, but I think that's a big factor, Matt. And I'd be interested to go back. I mean, yeah, yeah. We've had our losses, but you put in that Suncorp victory, you put in that Perth victory and and, and this type of thing and mm. added on top of some of those junior wins. And there's got to be a level of confidence starting to build on that team, I believe. Cam Peasy reckons the aura's gone, he announced today. So, oh, there um, we go. There you go. And, he'd, like never, he'd, he'd never just shoot his mouth off. It's, it's, no, 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 it's a very sensible, well thought out. <laughs> there is one, if there is one thing I could change in, for the next game, and I really hope that this is, it's more for the fans or anything, as we're all filled with that inc- incredible sense of optimism. I mean, this was us exactly the same time last year after the Perth game. Yeah, And then exactly. lo and behold, we go over and get walloped 36 yep. nil, and everyone says, oh, beforehand, we're all like, yeah, yeah, this is the end. This is the end. This is yeah. the year. No, just judge it on the on its merits. Judge what happens in front of you. You're only at half time. The good thing is that they're over there in New Zealand. They're in the bubble. You know, they're yes, not over they here are. seeing all the media. So I'm sure they won't be seeing it all us sort of jumping up and down like lunatics as opposed to to last time. So they'll be a little bit removed. Um, let, let's just touch on this last one. I guess we've still got Auckland to come, but then we've got this rugby championships and there's supposedly some question marks about South Africa's position or that, but geez, it gives you a level of confidence, Nick, that this rugby championships all being played in Australia and, and you know, one, one impressive draw in, in Wellington, but there's a little bit of excitement building. It might help some ticket sales. It will. I think it'll do. I mean, it's effectively just a it's a mini World Cup. Effectively, yeah. we've got with with four teams. And I mean, if if Rennie's if, if if the Wallabies are playing positive, constructive rugby, and you've effectively got four teams playing. I mean, obviously, we're still waiting here on South Africa. Um, but if you've got four teams all playing together in your in uh, in your backyard it really gives a chance for rugby, rugby to be back in the spotlight again and in a positive way. I mean, we've been so used to the, the to hearing the drama of, of, you know, behind the scenes. And I mean, let's, we only have to look at earlier this year to just think to ourselves that rugby was on its last legs. Mm. Um, what would be the perfect, this almost is emerging. I mean, if any, and, and the Wallabies can pull it off, even if, even if they still, you know, don't get the results that we're hoping for, it'll still be such a positive tonic uh, and to change, you know, many mindsets of, of, around the game in the country, in, in Australia. And I really hope that it, it does because it has the opportunity. And I really hope that, that South Africa do come out um, because it has the opportunity, at least here in Australia, to actually be really positive, not just for Australian rugby, but I mean, rugby in general. I mean, you saw people overseas looking at the, the fact that the Wallabies and the All Blacks were playing in front of a full stadium or close to capacity yeah. and going, how awesome is this? Look at this. I forgot, I forgot how, what, how good test rugby was. Um, I reckon it's, it's only going to be, be positive, um, especially for us. And God, we need it right now. Yeah. What about you, Matt? Well, where are we in terms of knowing what the frick is going on with well, it? Well, everything's confirmed, supposedly. The draws out, they've even changed it subsequently to allow the Kiwis to, um, uh, to, to be home for Christmas. Yeah, that's right. Um, so we've soft, removed soft. one of the double-headers. Soft, that yeah. Yeah, soft, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, so they're now playing on the 31st of October. 
um, which ruins my Halloween plans. Um, but, um, <laughs> but, but now this latest news is that uh, South Africans are now saying they don't want to come out because they're concerned about player welfare. I haven't heard the details, whether it's the fact that they have to play so many games in so many weeks or it's COVID related or they're just running scared now, but it's, um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's one of those things that, yeah, and this is how South African seems to happen news, doesn't it? it, it you get some sort of un, um, unsourced story and then another story and then we don't hear anything confirmed. So I'm sure the, the interesting thing, Matt, is that, and maybe this is reading too much into it, media accreditation is out. Oh, there's meant to be pre-sale tickets for the tests. Then they pulled that back. So maybe they're still waiting to confirm um, whether South Africans are actually coming. So uh, yeah, it'll be a massive blow for us, um, whether we turn it to a tri-series or try and get the Japanese over, I don't know. But yeah. well, South Africa have only just started playing again, haven't they? Yeah, they have, yeah. yeah. So I think that's, that's the whole player, mental, player safety mentality around them. I and mean, the players yeah. need to get a couple of rounds in of, of playing footy before you can, before you can send them over. I mean, yes, but at the same time, it's a bit, it's a bit disconcerting that they've, that they've announced this now. How many, I mean, how long ago was the, was the rugby championship well, yeah, fixtures they announced? Signed, they signed off at it all apparently. They yeah. They, all they yeah. Show and they, they supported it when it was announced, all that sort of stuff. So yeah. It's a bit of a, it's a, it's not making the South African rugby union look any good to, in all honesty to suddenly no. just backflip on it. And, no. They don't seem to be too bothered about that. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Never have done. Um, (laughs) But um, it'd be a real pity because I think to have, I mean, you know, RA is desperate surely to get a good product here. And they're the world champions. You know, we we want, what a great thing to promote. Yeah, I would think they'd be, especially with where we are talking rights, trying to just, you know, having, and to have a good international spectacle of any sport, you know, in these, in these times um, would just be fantastic. Um, Especially if we are somehow able to follow up that performance um, from, from Sunday. I mean, um, you know, if that could really get a a ball rolling just at the time when RA is trying to get the game back together and talking to people about rights and all those sorts of things. So yeah, for it to kind of fizzle into a, bled plus a couple of internationals um, would be a real pick would be a real pity. Yeah. It's a product thing. I mean, if, if the product goes really well, how good does it look for RA Uh, to say, Hey, this is the potential that rugby has as a product that that can be watched and enjoyed by many. Um, It'll definitely do their business acumen in the world of good. If it was able to go ahead in the format that we've currently got it as, and it would be a massive shame if South Africa didn't choose to, to come over. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's a negotiation thing. Who knows? Yeah, I think I, I, you may be right. Yeah, um, trying to look, get a little bit more from their government or maybe even from Rugby Australia. So we'll see. Um, all right, that'll probably wrap us up, guys. Uh, Luckily, we went the pro version of Zoom. Matt, we made the full hour. Cool. Um, we uh, thanks everyone for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed the game. Again, it's it's one of those games that created a lot of chat around the place. I think it was noticeable. People talking about rugby again, talking about the Wallabies, which is always awesome and always a good sign, particularly when we all are generally surrounded by Kiwis at work or know a couple of uh, around the traps. So it's good to have those moments. I'm getting harassed by a couple at work at the moment. So it's good to just have something to bite back on. Um, let's hope it doubles down this weekend on Sunday when we play 
the All Blacks at Eden Park. If it does, we'll be back. I can guarantee. Uh, absolutely, we'll book us the next Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah, it'll actually be a, like a, a weekly podcast again. Yeah. If, if it's another, <laughs> another thirty-six nil, I'll see you in a month. <laughs> stuff you were doing at eight o'clock too so yeah. uh thanks to all our listeners thanks to matt and nick and hugh wherever you are uh we shall enjoy the rugby this week i know it's club finals as well so there's plenty of great stuff happening um and uh but uh, we'll be back to talk about wallabies next week here's hoping we'll catch you then heels off the top larkham herbert smashes through the middle Regan, drop goal from Larkham. Up it goes. Could you believe it? Larkham has to be a de Beer. <laughs>